I'm Annie Apple, and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports-related conversations you will hear. Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burr, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app. HD you are listening to a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. The backbone of the Indian economy, the agricultural sector, a sector which has not necessarily got so much investors' love in the past, seems to be catching up fast due to its unprecedented growth amid the COVID-19 crisis. Innovative Indian agri-tech startups are joining the game and providing balance to the agricultural ecosystem by maximizing productivity, increasing supply chain efficiency, and improving market linkage. Initiatives like Atmanibhar Bharat, digital access to farmers, overarching reforms, and government support has empowered the farmer by giving him access to information, inputs, and financial support. The Modi government firmly believes that this sector could prove to be the silver lining for the economy. For instance, estimate for the June quarter reported a contraction of 0.3.9% in national GDP, but agriculture was the only sector to have reported positive growth. In this dispatch of Mint Startup Diaries, we do a deep decode on opportunities, challenges, and new frontiers emerging in the agri-tech startup space. Watch the video for more. Please help me welcome Thiru, who is a co-founder at Ninja Card, Anand Ramanathan, partner at Deloitte, and Ankit Agrawal, investment director at Venture Debt Firm in Novent Capital. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me. It's my sheer pleasure and privilege to be hosting you. Let me sort of begin with you, Thiru, from a practitioner's perspective. Uh, you know, we see sort of often so much being talked about the fintech space or the e-commerce space. So much of investors love being shown in these spaces. I wonder, you know, why don't we talk about the agri-sector space or the agri-tech in the same breath? Thanks. Uh, uh, thanks for the opportunity so, to speak about uh, the sector. Right? Four or five years back, uh, when we actually started, when we went out to talk to people, right, uh, uh, people used to really... Uh, not able to understand uh, what we are talking about, the size of the opportunity, uh, the problems that exist, uh, uh, and etc. So from there on, if I see, we have really come a long way where uh, now uh, agri-tech is becoming like a buzzword uh, and with uh, so many uh, initiatives from the government side also. And uh, uh, it's like uh, really, really motivating to see the change uh, that uh, uh, the sector has uh, really gone through. So uh, the, the, the reforms in agriculture uh, sector has started happening like um, a decade back, uh, primary vegetables and fruits uh, where the different state governments started giving out slowly licenses for uh, companies to start buying directly from the farmers. Uh, and uh, one, uh, there are like certain states where the, like, the leaders who started it doing first and then followed by uh, other states. Uh, but right now, uh, uh, that, that was used to happen only in vegetables and fruits. But right now, uh, there are 
greater move by the government to really come forward and say that uh, uh, it's not only for vegetables and fruits it's also for all agri commodities uh, uh, that uh, we are going to open up uh, uh, the market so that our companies can directly work with farmers and take their produce etc so that's like a welcome move that this is going to attract a lot of investment into the sector a lot of uh, startups will come into the sector and also i think uh, uh, there's going to be a lot of action and we're thoroughly excited to see how the sector is going to evolve Tito, you know, what is the kind of growth you are registering at Ninja Cart? You know, given the government claims that you know this sector is growing at unprecedented speed, perhaps we have also survived the kind of you know ravage COVID has created for other sectors. Give us a sense from a practitioner's perspective that is it really are you sort of registering that kind of superlative growth? We as a company were growing uh, really really fast, and the sector, uh, the startups which are working in the sector also really growing really really fast. So uh, this is what I was I'm saying pre-COVID. Uh, post uh, post covid we definitely saw a uh, growth slowdown because of uh, uh, various uh, execution challenges and not really like uh, uh, challenges in uh, the supply or the demand but let's say how do we execute because lockdowns are there and then let's say logistics became a problem uh, let's say getting employees to work was a problem and stuff but like right now things have started to ease and uh, we are like uh, uh, back to uh, pre covid levels and we are like growing like uh, 15 to 20 percent month on month, so that's like that's a kind of uh, growth we are seeing, and I think uh, uh, almost all the companies uh, whom I talk to. I come to sort of you now, Ankit. Uh, you know, as part of a venture debt firm, you straddle across investments in various sectors. You know, what is the kind of optimism seen from investors on agri tech, for instance? You know, when you and your internal board meetings talk about agri tech, the good, bad, and the ugly of it. What is the kind of color conversation that you have? Perhaps Have the changing partners and also abroad. Uh, so I think you know uh, the way you started saying uh, you know uh, agri tech is not uh, taken in the same breath as let's say a fintech or a you know, food tech. I think that's already uh, changed. I think and since last one year, agri tech has uh, started getting uh, very uh, strong traction across uh, investors. And uh, you know, look, primary reasons are obvious. Uh, when venture capital investors uh, look at a particular sector. Uh, four or five things are important, right? One is uh, uh, the size of the market should be huge. Uh, second is uh, uh, there should be a lot of uh, uh, fragmentation in the market due to which there should be a lot of inefficiencies, right? Fourth is uh, uh, the market should be big enough that uh, it becomes a core part of uh, consumption of an economy. And uh, fifth, most important is uh, there should be huge amounts of profit pools. So I think uh, if you look at agriculture, agri tech. Uh, that's a it it has a huge tick on uh, all five uh, aspects of uh, what it requires for a venture capital investor to get attracted into a segment uh, anand so if i come to you now ankit laid out you know in an investor's language that it is not a winner takes all market the pools of profitability are much higher and you also said that it's perhaps a culmination of various sub sectors coming together you know you you are somebody who has a macro view you are constantly speaking with corporates and investors advising them perhaps on how to approach a space like this i want to understand from you what are the trends that you are seeing on the conversation on the ground and how people are approaching this space especially at a time like this sure srija like uh... Uh, both Ankit and Tiru have said. I think agri tech has uh, a lot of focus now from most of the large uh, uh, agri business corporates, whether they are MNC or Indian promoted. And what we are seeing is that uh, post COVID, a direct uh, connect to the farmer is seen as very important. 
so we are seeing a lot of investments on uh, on platforms right so for example some of our largest uh, agri business clients are looking at uh, making meta platforms available where they can get through to the farmer and at the same time the entire ecosystem of agriculture right the landowner the tiller uh, looking at agri input seed companies uh, how is it that we can bring them all together on one platform so that uh, uh, all the needs of agri business are served through technology so that's one big area and even government is uh, looking at a lot of focused investments to bring buyer and seller together and thereby reduce some of the historical inefficiencies that we've seen in the agricultural sector the second big area where i think uh, uh, there is a lot of interest is to look at uh, the influencer ecosystem unlike most of the other sectors agri business derives a lot of its uh, uh, play from rural india and therefore to that extent how is it that uh, uh, we can understand who is it that's influencing the final farmer and can we have more focused investments to educate and uh, also make people aware of what is uh, possible from a productivity standpoint which is the second biggest challenge that we've had in agriculture historically i don't want to sort of come to you now ankit uh, this entire conversation about you know how big the agri tech space can really be i knew to do mention that we sort of see look at three to four unicorns building on this space globally there are some names which sort of keep doing the rounds like kagel and bear can you think that uh, uh, india can actually uh, produce uh, some sort of very good formidable agri tech startups as big and as resilient to size and scale of these companies i uh, know absolutely i think uh, 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 india is uh, the only thing is india has been a little bit of informal as an economy right so uh, to create a large company you need all the building blocks to come together uh, but given how fragmented it all always been and uh, the informal uh, nature of uh, the sector Uh, it's probably going to take a little bit of time for uh, companies to uh, get to that level of scale but uh, that also gives you that kind of opportunity where uh, you know uh, 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 some of the companies with the right kind of capital right kind of partners and right kind of start can uh, uh, definitely over next uh, you know 4 to 5 years i am expecting at least 4 uh, to 5 companies to kind of uh, you know uh, become uh, uh, leaders in this segment and not only probably uh, restricting their businesses to india but also uh paid forward to uh go global and go uh to economies uh, outside india so i think uh, definitely in terms of uh, uh, the opportunity uh, it's uh, right there in front of all of us okay anand uh, you know he said that i think there's a stamp of faith and optimism coming from ankit uh, but if you were to sort of talk about you know how can india use new technologies to enhance productivity and what really can inspire innovation agritech solutions in current day and age so what would those really be oh yes there are quite a few now if i look at uh, agri itself i can break it up into uh, agri inputs which is the farm sector the logistics sector the processing sector and the markets right which is retail and uh, beyond so if i were to look at uh, the agri sector from a technology standpoint track and trace has become really important people want to know what they're buying athiru uh, spoke a lot about exports a lot of times indian goods are not being able to uh, be exported because uh, they might have pesticide content etc which might be beyond global norms so to that extent if we are able to track and trace where the product is being grown how it is being grown and also are able to monitor and control the way it is being grown that's a big opportunity for value addition right one of the biggest challenges in india has been traditionally that uh, we haven't had as much levels of processing as there should be in the rest of the world So I think track and trace can definitely help you get better value uh, uh, from your uh, produce that is grown. 
the second big area is to look at uh, uh, driving uh, more uh, reducing reducing uh, the uh, wastage that happens in this space right traditionally again in india one of the biggest challenges has been that we waste a lot of our produce and therefore if you are able to monitor where what is being grown and when it is being made available in the market and through the entire logistics chain if you are able to track uh, the uh, uh, the levels of uh, of wastage and also the amount of control that is required to in, uh, to keep uh, the uh, produce fresh that's going to be another big area and therefore i believe that a lot of machine intelligence in terms of where the product is being stored how it is being stored and how it is being made distributed and made available is going to be the other big uh, area where technology can play a role uh, and finally if i were to look at uh, uh, technology one big area is uh, like we've said making a uh, demand uh, uh, or generating demand for the produce that farmers grow and therefore to that extent if we are able to have uh, a better control through uh, the use of platforms to understand what is being produced virtual markets control that better and also make buyers available uh, and accessible to virtual markets that's also going to improve the way demand gets uh, generated and supply is made available so that again an area where we believe that technology can play a big role okay uh, sir thiru i would have uh, come to you i think anand sort of uh, laid out you know what could be technology solutions you know and he sort of broke the agri sector part into three sub parts and took through us uh, i want to sort of come to you now thiru a lot of concentration till now really when you talk about has really been on the upstream side of agricultural logistics and when you speak with experts how come that we are not really focusing on the downstream side so much especially when the fact that you know perhaps your farmer might not be as literate as we think him to be this is a bigger question she a lot of people have like how tech service for farmers so uh, we keep uh, uh, doing the survey like how many of our farmers have smartphone and access to internet and how many are able to use apps etc so five years before we used to have like 20 30% for the farmers have smartphones i'm talking about 2016 types uh, uh, and uh, uh, let's say out of that 70 80% will have access to internet types right now if i speak uh, uh, there are certain pockets where we have 18 uh, 90% smartphone and internet penetration and in some uh, not so improved areas we see some 60 70% penetration so overall uh, uh, smartphone penetration has increased tremendously over the last uh, four years right so uh, see the point is uh, i believe the problem is not with the infrastructure the problem is with the starting only let's say when i say starting uh, uh, might be that it might be a boring thing to say but uh, no one teaches you farming right farming is actually an quite skill right you want to make a computer you want to make a rocket people teach you like how to do it and there's a lot of literature available there but let's say when it comes to farming no one tells you how to make a rich guy so uh, one we need to increase uh, uh, the pride of farmers right at a let's say national level people have to talk about farmers uh, not just for namesake but actually really believe that they are actually adding value and a lot of youngsters should take up farming so the point is uh, how do you, if a lot of youngsters have to take up farming right uh, there is no literature available so how do we bring in content uh, how do we uh, bring in training and uh, how do we bring in research into the processes right okay so you are saying that you know the entire pride of farming has to be increased farmers themselves won't take pride in their profession and there has to be more encouragement of youngsters i think i think is a very fundamental question that we need to answer uh, but tell me one thing that like, you know when sort of you chose agri as your entrepreneurial stint right and within the agri space you have chosen a particular sub theme which is e-commerce right? which is 
hugely, hugely talked about and very well wooed and pursued by VCs. But if you take take out the e-commerce, I think because uh, I think what you are doing is a mix between e-commerce and agri, so not pure play agri. Also, that's in that sense. Uh, globally, when we talk about examples in work collaboration tool or edtech, there are very large companies that have been created. Uh, can India look at some large global examples in the agri space? One talks about Slack when it comes to work collaboration too. One talks about you know Alibaba when it talks about e-commerce. Uh, you talk about uh, gaming companies, but do you often refer or hear this that I want to create this very large agri company, what perhaps China or Malaysia created? I mean, is that a conversation? I don't hear that. See, actually, uh, the point is uh, things uh, are very uh, different. See, first of all, like, we I didn't choose Agri. Actually, the Agri chose us. So that's like uh, we are not visionary people who bought an idea and started something in this and we were highly successful. It's like we're doing a multiple of things and lucky enough we, uh, we spot the problem because we're working closely with the retailer and we are like lucky enough to uh, spot the problem and get into it. So I don't want to take the credit for that uh, being the visionary person to really start this out. But uh, even you were not there into agri by choice. It was not. It, it was by choice, but it was not like uh, uh, we identified the problem. So we are doing something else, and uh, uh, somehow we landed on this. Right? Uh, it's a it's a serendipity. What I'll say. Right. Um, uh, having said that, uh, the larger uh, context, uh, primarily with regards to agriculture, uh, where specifically, see, I come from vegetables and fruits, so I'm able to relate much to it, uh, and that's how we see uh, who are the global uh, uh, benchmarks or uh, companies that we could look up to. Mm, the problem is in India, uh, vegetables and fruits are not like cold stored, uh, not refrigerated, no temperature control, right? Uh, so this problem is very unique in India, and uh, maybe some underdeveloped countries or developing countries are maybe a little portion of China, where uh, people do ambient temperature transfer of vegetables and fruits from the farm to the consumer. So India is a very peculiar case uh, where even if you have to build uh, this kind of infrastructure, uh, people may not really uh, move towards it because of the consumption pattern of Indians, right? They wanted uh, fresh vegetables and you keep it in a refrigerator or you do temperature control, people consume, presume that it's bad. But let's say the actual vegetables and fruits which are in ambient may be bad and if, uh, in the temperature control it may be good. But the perception is like, um, so that makes us like, um, that makes a problem much more complex and hard to solve. So whatever problems, uh, what we are talking about is a very India specific problem. So it will be very, very difficult for us to look out for any kind of a global benchmark. What are the India specific new kind of business models which are emerging? Uh, perhaps Anand or Ankit won't take a stab at that to what you were saying. Perhaps more on the tech side in the agri space. Uh, no, uh, uh, add a couple of points there. You know, Sajad, uh, you talked about uh, larger companies getting created and monopolizing certain sectors like, you know, uh, education or food tech or uh, e commerce, right? I think uh, uh, the core difference is if you look at uh, all the other sectors, uh, the sectors are built in such a way that uh, you know, the larger companies with having probably the most amount of capital and having a head start uh, are in a good position to completely uh, capture a large part of pie of the entire sector. But if you look at uh, agriculture, right? Uh, uh, in my mind, agriculture stands on the four strong pillars. Uh, 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 one is obviously increasing the productivity. Uh, in terms of challenges, one is uh, increasing the productivity. Uh, second is uh, reducing the wastages. Uh, third is uh, getting the right kind of price. And fourth is uh, the, getting the right kind of financing. 
uh, even in india if you look at all the other sectors uh, there have been uh, uh, conventional corporates and companies which have been created uh, in uh, every possible sector uh, which have created a lot of building blocks for startups to kind of come in and uh, uh, get the knots and uh, don'ts together but if you look at agriculture uh, this has largely been completely run by uh, micro entrepreneurs uh, farmers uh, uh, no retailers um, uh, and that's the reason you know have you know have more than 150 million farmers and you know more than 40 million retailers which kind of combine and come together uh, uh, to this market size of you know more than 300 billion dollars of agriculture market in india uh, so if you look at uh, agriculture uh, there are as, uh, at least 8 to 10 huge subsectors which no uh, could be worked upon in which every sector large companies could be created you know you start from right from pre production getting to the right kind of seeds getting uh, to uh, 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 interconnected uh, plant sensors uh, smart irrigations uh, you know even localized weather prediction uh, assessing the right kind of we- uh, water and soil conditions uh, for the right kind of farming uh, to uh, getting the right kind of uh, 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 utility the uh, seeds and right kind of equipments to the farmers then you talk about post production to right uh, market linkages which uh, no uh, to an extent uh, ninja cut is trying to solve to reduce the wastages connecting the farmer directly to the retailers getting to the right price right and uh, you know there are companies which are uh, providing uh, drone supports image sensing technology machine learning technologies uh, to get to the right kind of data to uh, increase productivity again reduce wastages even one of the biggest challenges today is uh, the informal agriculture financing where agricultural financing cost goes up to you know 30 35% annually that is a huge segment itself where uh, a unit specific lenders who understand agriculture market uh, very well to understand uh, the risk involved in sectors to channelize the right kind of financing to these farmers and all the other uh, players in the sector to bring down that cost of financing which again helps the uh, agricultural uh, produce and uh, the productivity to direct extent okay anand you want to sort of add to that to what sort of ankit said i think he sort of mentioned about you know some kind of models that he is seeing emerging or perhaps what entrepreneurs could tap into or what do you think are the new business kind of models emerging and you seeing in the market see if i were to look sure shija if i were to look at opportunities <clears throat> see the big uh, challenge in the in the farm sector is labor right and therefore anything around automation Uh, which will improve uh, both the way uh, it the uh, crop is cultivated as well as the pr- crop is transported that's going to be a big area even automation in terms of how things are processed right is the digital factories for example using uh, iot for example using better sensors to track uh, and also look at the cost of uh, what is being produced right so i think one big area is clearly automation the second big area is uh, ankit touched upon it which is on data Now there's a lot of data which is going to be made available, and now given the kind of processing uh, uh, intelligence which we have, how is it that we can make data available to every stakeholder? Whether it is what the farmer is doing in terms of making better uh, data available on the weather, on soil conditions, on cropping, or if it is to look at the logistics player, how is it that he can collect the uh, produce as fresh as uh, they possibly can from the farm gate? and for the retailer to see that uh, uh, they are again uh, sourcing very cleverly and in the right quantity so that inventory etc doesn't accumulate and they are able to sell without any major liquidation challenges right so i think data is the second big opportunity if technology can be used to address that and if there is more of uh, proactive analytics right not just post mortem but predictive analytics that can really drive efficiencies in this sector 
I think we spoke about quite a few aspects in this conversation. Uh, you know, starting from new business models emerging to scaling up to opportunities to challenges to where do you leave in the supply chain. We also spoke about what can be done to improve the productivity of the farmers. Now, sort of just coming towards you know the last bits of the conversation. If each of you were to mention one key policy change or intervention to require from the government side, perhaps to provide the required impetus or boost to which this sector deserves, and very clearly. Uh, what could that be? And please remember that we are talking about a time which is the post-corona world. Uh, so, perhaps I can begin with you, Thiru, and get on to Ankit and then Anand. Well, see, I, I always uh, talk about the input tax credit advantage, right? Uh, like, say, for example, agri companies which are primarily dealing with uh, uh, produce which are not taxed. Uh, we don't have output tax credit, and uh, primarily, like. Uh, but whatever tax we pay on the input, we don't get an input tax credit for that. Uh, but the markets, which are actually the pe people whom we are competing with, they don't have either, right? Uh, so they don't pay tax on a completely informal economy. So if you want a formal economy to bring in organizing, organizing the uh, informal economy like right efficiencies, uh, there are certain uh, uh, benefits which uh, we need to have to compete with the markets. So one such uh, policy is that I, I would rec request the government to look into that uh, uh, input tax credit uh, thing. We are driving it with a lot of at a lot of forums, telling the government uh, uh, this. Okay, that is one. Second, uh, the government has to bring in uh, collective intelligence on uh, demand and supply, We're helping farmers on uh, uh, or even companies on uh, uh, price trends and etc. Because a lot of uh, perishable items when you talk about, right, uh, goes waste because we produce more than required and times when we uh, need more, we actually produce less. Right, uh, that's why you see such a high price fluctuation. The price of a tomato in a year, if you see, varies from uh, uh, around five rupees per kilo, three four rupees per kilo to around sixty rupees a kilo. Right, uh, because you cannot store the item and deliver, and you have to always keep matching supply and demand. You need to have a greater visibility into supply. We largely believe demand is largely. Um, flat or uh, let's say we know the trend of the demand the problem is with the supply right so we need to create a, a infrastructure at a national scale to figure out which farmer is growing what and what is going to be the supply looks like uh, so that if tomorrow i have to grow an item let's say if a farmer the basic problem for a farmer is uh, to decide what to grow Right, uh, I say, should I grow rich guy? Should I grow cucumber? Should I grow tomatoes? Right, so which will fetch value? Which will fetch more value? And that decision can only be arrived if you know who, what other farmers are sowing. So it might be looking like a very ambitious plan, but if you could build a supply map or the production map of the country, we'll be able to reduce a lot of uh, wastage and also drive a lot of uh, price stability for farmers. I think again, I'll come back to the three most important challenges that need to be addressed by the government. Uh, uh, comes back to, I think, uh, uh, wastages, uh, uh, storage, and the right information. I think uh, government has started taking uh, good steps by uh, starting to uh, uh, deregulate the Essential Commodities Act, uh, where uh, you know, uh, they're deregulating uh, stock limits and uh, other price-related uh, uh, regulations, uh, which were hampering uh, a free flow of uh, 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 the agricultural produce. Uh, there has to be a little bit uh, more work has to be done on uh, reducing the monopoly of uh, the Agriculture Produce Marketing Committee, the APMC. I think uh, the government has started working on the electronic portal, which is the ENAM, uh, Electronic National Agriculture Market uh, uh, Portal. I think uh, very early days on that, but as, as I think theory indicated, having those uh, 
portals for free flow of information and getting the right kind of information with respect to uh, demand and uh, price uh, will go a long way in uh, solving uh, uh, the issue from the government side. Anand? Sure. So I think uh, from a policy standpoint, globally, if you look at how food and agribusiness has grown, it is through clusters. And while in India, we had a mega food park scheme, it did not work very well because of uh, poor implementation on the ground. So I think what can really work is to look at focused clusters. A lot of agriculture is decentralized, and hence these clusters need to become very efficient. And there are lessons to be learned where we've been successful, right? Take auto as an example. We've successfully built clusters, which also enhances our capability to export. So to that extent, I think if a policy can really look at uh, enabling better mechanisms between the state governments and the central government, ensure better coordination there, and have a focused approach towards uh, specific clusters, which uh, they've currently recently launched in terms of uh, uh, specific areas uh, and uh, specialities that each state uh, looks at. Can we build a more focused approach for looking at these clusters and building uh, higher levels of processing infrastructure closer to the farm gate, which will take care of all the challenges that we've seen historically, whether it is uh, on uh, productivity or on looking at uh, price and uh, the ability for the farmer to profitably build a business in agriculture. Okay, I think we sort of covered aspects, and I think there are sort of very meaningful suggestions coming for the government to implement and look at providing the required boost for the agri space. I come to my rapid fire, and I'll begin with you now, Thiru. My first question to you really is that if you were to redo an entrepreneurial stint, will you still do Ninja Card or you do something else? Uh, actually, whatever we built in the last forest is so crazy and I, I can't uh, think that how we'll be able to start it again and do it in the right way. So it's going to be a very difficult thing actually. So we have started, hope uh, we could finish it uh, in a very successful way. The lowest point in your career till now? Uh, uh, I closed my last startup and I had like 500 rupees in my pocket and without any support from my, my parents or uh, my family and friends, I moved to Bangalore to restart my career. And if you were to define the future of farming or the future of agri in one sentence, what would that be? I think the farm, uh, it cannot be in one sentence. There are two things which uh, we believe largely we wanted to do. One, uh, uh, whatever we eat should be safe. So the whole ecosystem should move towards that. Right? That's the overall uh, vision of Ninjakar is also safe food for a billion people. We are consistently working towards that. Uh, as time progresses, we are taking more chemicals and what we used to do, take like uh, decades back. So we need to, as agriculture as a whole, all the stakeholders, whether it's a farmer, it's about a customer, at the end of the day, we are doing all of this for a consumer, right? So let's make the food safer for the consumers. And that needs a lot more effort than what we could think of. Okay. Your advice to venture capitalists looking at the space? One word answer. Mm, like nothing, uh, I, I have nothing to advise actually. <laughs> okay, Ankit, if I were to put you on a hot seat and you were to do a reverse pitch, you are the one who is listening pitches to a lot of startups. If you were to do a reverse pitch, $1 billion idea for the agri tech space, which you have not seen in India till now, what would that be? Uh, I think I'm, I'm, I'm starting to see uh, some really good work on uh, the aquaponic and hydroponic side uh, of the startup, where uh, you're trying to... Uh, uh, make uh, the crops resistant to soil conditions and weather conditions in India. Uh, I think that is a real use of uh, 
forward looking uh, technology and especially for a country like india uh, uh, where uh, uh, right from the kind of seeds you get uh, spurious kind of seeds and fertilizers you get to uh, 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 getting uh, a lot of uh, problems with related to soil and uh, weather conditions i think uh, uh, something related with uh, hydroponic uh, coupled with uh, mechanization of farming where india has been a very labor intensive uh, agriculture economy to making it and using a lot more machines to do the agriculture i think uh, uh, companies in those space uh, would be very exciting for me okay anand i come to you now the biggest fad in agri space <laughs> yeah so i think uh, um, i wouldn't call it a fad but uh, organic right uh, i think there is a market for it uh, but uh, it is very difficult to implement right it's very difficult to uh, to put a model in place which gives you real organic food so to that extent yes it's a fact okay thank you gentlemen thank you so much for this meaningful discussion agri space we unraveled quite a few aspects and not perhaps spoken on mainstream media platforms thank you for putting your time and energy to this till the time we see you next goodbye and good luck and do stay safe thank you thank you so much ajay it was a pleasure thanks thank you thanks a lot pleasure thank you This was a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast. I'm Annie Apple and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series Raising April. It's the most intimate sports related conversations you will hear. Each week we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burrow, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Bosa, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app.